Welcome to another episode of Records Revisited, a podcast dedicated to the magic of music. I'm your DJ, your MC, the host on the East Coast. I'm I'm Ben Montgomery. Joining me is a man who is hopefully rested after celebrating his birthday in Vegas last week. Here's my co-host from the left coast and the heavily tattooed friend, Wayne Fugate. Hola, Ben. I mean. So for this episode, we have a special guest from Minneapolis, the most recent record of hers was released in 2019 and is called we are the stars so please welcome to the podcast sarah elstron of the nunnery hi thanks for having me so should should i call you sarah should i call you nunnery how how should i address you for this episode let's let's go with sarah We'll go with Sarah. Okay. All right. So premise of our podcast is fairly simple. We talk about music, but as we do at the beginning of each of our podcast episodes, we ask the all important question, what t-shirt are you wearing? I'm going to start with Wayne because I'm going to guess that he bought some t-shirts while he was in Vegas. I, you know what? You caught me. I, I'm wearing my Hard Rock Cafe Las Vegas shirt. I figured. I figured. Never met a t-shirt that you didn't want to buy. So... <laughs> And how about you, Sarah? What T-shirt are you wearing? I'm currently wearing, um, I played for an album release for this band called Stoliet. They're based out of Minneapolis and they have like a Russian vocalist and some super crazy delay and rock and electronic drums. And it was a super fun show, but I actually don't have a lot of clean clothes right now. So this is kind (laughs) of why I'm wearing it. But I also love the band, so it happens to work out. Perfect. All right. And I'm wearing, um, I didn't take much thought. I just grabbed a T-shirt from the closet this morning. So I'm wearing, ships I'm wearing, sale. no, I'm not wearing Ships Assailed. <laughs> I'm not wearing Ships Assailed. That's, that's, I have worn them. I have given them so much publicity, have I not? Oh, they deserve every bit of it. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm wearing my Cracker T-shirt. So my uh, my David and Johnny T-shirt for uh, for the band. So there you go. Has absolutely no ties to either the <laughs> nunnery or to uh, Emiliana. Um, so yeah, took no thought to to this whatsoever. So so Sarah, you are a referral from Siri Unlin, who also goes by Humbert. We had a great time revisiting Janis Joplin with Siri. You a uh, Janis fan at all? Yeah, but I I feel like fandism, whatever you want to call it, I like wouldn't be able to give you ten good facts about Janice. So I don't know if I'm on the top of that. But I I could give you hundreds of facts about Siri. So I'm a huge fan of her. There you go. Okay. And and like Siri, you live in Minneapolis, correct? Yes, that's right. So is this a Minneapolis thing to go by other monikers where you go by Humbird or you go by um, Prince or you go by the nunnery? <laughs> is that just kind of a Minneapolis thing? Uh, no, I think it's everywhere. But I, I used to have a band that was my name, but my name has changed changed since then. But I, my name is Sarah James, which is like very normal, kind of too bland of a name. Um, not that it's like nothing's, I don't have a problem with it, but it used to be, my old band was called Sarah James and the Relatives. And, um, yeah, a lot of people would ask me if I, how'd I come up with that name? <laughs> like Sarah James, <laughs> like they didn't believe it was my real name. Just, I don't know. People are weird about naming your, yourself yourself. I don't know. 
but I definitely have friends in Minneapolis who are self-titled artists. Like they go out of their own names. Okay. All right. All right. So, uh, cause I was going to say, well, Wayne does Paul Westerberg or does Tommy Stinson, do they go by other monikers that maybe I don't know about, but yeah. I think we know. No, I, th- I think we would know. Yeah. All right. So your bio on Spotify says, quote, the nunnery is a solo looper creating melding layers of vocal atmospheres. So it might be somewhat difficult to kind of demonstrate what a looper means on an audio only podcast, but kind of tell us what, what is a solo looper? So a lot of people, I think, I have to, I feel like say that in the bio about being solo. Cause I, even now I just met somebody yesterday being like, I didn't know you play alone. And it, Cause if you just hear the tracks, it's just like a full sound. But um, yeah, I perform alone besides of uh, sometimes I have visual uh, projections behind me and that's done by somebody else. But uh, the music is completely created about layering loops on top of each other and I primarily just use my voice for all of that and um, some effects and a looper and a few pedals and a drum. <laughs> all right. Solo looper seems like a really cool name for a band. It's probably a band already. I don't it know. It probably is already taken, right? I pr- probably should have put that in Spotify to see if it, that would come up with anything. Um, I had a chance to see a fellow solo looper uh, a few years ago. Are you familiar with Zach Deputy? No, I'm not. Oh, okay. I enjoyed it. I, I didn't really know what to expect. We were at... Uh, I was traveling with two other consultants in Connecticut and we stopped in um, to Toad's Place, which is a iconic club in uh, New Haven, Connecticut, near Yale. Um, It's kind of this iconic joint like Billy Joel and the Rolling Stones had had played there to kind of like test out new music. Um, we, We were totally out of place. So it's three of us consultants. We were still in our dress shirts and everybody else who showed up um, was like of the deadhead crowd, (laughs) you know? Um, So we were totally out of place, but he was really good. I mean, he, um, he had all sorts of, I mean, his, his pedal board was just insane. What was, what was he looping? Um, Everything. So he was looping his guitar. He did, um, you know, he was doing some some percussion stuff. He already had some like sounds already on on a mixing board, um, and then he would do he would do some audio stuff too. Not near the extent that you know you you do because um, you even made mention you you do a lot of the vocal looping um, instead of taking you know drum machine or taking guitar and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, completely. Um, I don't use any pre-samples and stuff. And I know okay. I, I've met a lot of other loopers who use tracks and stuff. And I think that's, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I just like the organicness of it being different every time. But it also puts a lot of like, I can't like drink too much 
before I play <laughs> or like I, it's just little things that like I really have to be pretty it's kind of like a math problem I have to like really remember the whole formula from start to finish yeah. but I love watching other people loop it's fascinating are you just being nice by saying well, I don't I don't have any animosity to people who use you know pre-recorded sounds <laughs> are you just being nice no uh one of my favorite artists is uh Dosh uh and he and I have played, I don't know if he's been around for quite some time now. And he uses a lot of um, samples that he starts and then stacks. And then he plays the drums uh, okay. on top of that. But I don't know if you if you guys haven't heard of Dosh, you guys got to check him out. I have he's, not. He used to drum for um, Andrew, is it Andrew Bird? Am I going to just okay. totally mess up names? But he was like the original drummer for him. And... So, so I hear he was the one who like taught him how to loop in the, oh. like his violin and stuff. Cause it was way back when, but, uh, yeah, Dosh has worked with tons of other people, but he's based out of Minneapolis as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not, not, not familiar. I kind of going back to what I was saying about, you know, seeing Zach, it's not, really the music that I seek out. I don't, you know, I don't dislike it. It's just not what I typically seek out. And, and, you know, based off of the crowd for, for Zach, where it was, you know, very, a lot of tie dyed, uh, in the audience. (laughs) What's, what, what's your audience? What is your, no, 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 no judgment, man. You be you, man. I don't, I don't care. Hopefully they weren't judging me because I was still, you know, still in my pink, you know, dress shirt. So hopefully they weren't dre- judging me either. But, you know, uh, I, I don't have like a very standard one look to any. I'm always really surprised. I play like shows sometimes with like screamo bands. And then sometimes oh, really? it really I have no like spot for where I consistently play out. Yeah. And I, I really like um I like saying yes to shows that are genre mixed. And I think a lot of people really don't like doing that. Um, but it, it, that's the thing. It just gives me, I think it's fun. Cause like, yeah, when I've done shows with punk, I've played with punk bands and then it's just me playing this like ambient pop kind of <laughs> dream music. And then going from like that to like uh, indie rock, I think somehow it, uh, it's always kind of worked <laughs> I have so the crowd like is what you would kind of think of that mixture I have no yeah. like I which is awesome because um it always surprises me when I play in front of like a really old crowd and it's a bunch of like grandmas telling me that they've never never <laughs> seen that before and their like brains are on fire or something and I've also heard that from like really young people be like I've never seen that before so it's like kind of cool that there's not like one, but I totally get when people are like, I don't really listen to this type of music. And I don't know. I, <laughs> people should have their own feelings about what yeah. they want and don't want to listen to. So I'm not, <laughs> yeah, I don't care. I can just imagine the, the grandma's going, she was using her voice as yeah. an <laughs> instrument. It's definitely, yeah. Mind blown. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'm trying to explain it to their other old friends who have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> I love it. So when you're playing with uh, with a, a, a punk bill, mm-hmm. do, do they give you respect because you are doing, you know, doing all the instruments yourselves? 
Maybe. I don't, I don't know if it's just how I play. So I used to play like pretty indie rock for years and um, never intentionally wanted to like, I never like got a loop pedal and been like, I'm going to start looping. I, my just, my guitar was stolen and my band was moving to like Nashville and I, all I had was a jam man at my house um, and a microphone. So I just kind of started uh, messing around at my house and I uh, didn't know what else to do. So kind of got sucked into people convincing me to do it live. Okay. But um, yeah, there. I don't know. I don't know why people like it. And I'm not trying to sound like, oh, I don't know why people like my music. But uh, <laughs> I just I have no idea how it works with the, such a genre mix. Like, yeah, I, I have never been. I'm always like it's okay. I'm people really might hate my music, like go into it thinking that. And then I've been consistently surprised at people's respect and total like quietness in certain bars, like dive bars. Um, I've had like bartenders like kind of yell at, at some points, like it's okay if you can, you guys can order a drink. (laughs) Cause people are sometimes so quiet and they're like, what the, like, why are people so quiet here? But yeah, I don't know. I can't, I don't, I don't, I'm always surprised if people listen to me. So I'm, that sounds really bad. Like I don't think people will care, but um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is. I think it sounds a little jazzy and sometimes people are like just trying to figure what I'm doing, what I'm doing the whole time. Yeah. Um, who knows? I don't know. All right. I I would say, um, Again, going back to your topic of of you know going cross genre or whatever, um, I had the opportunity to see uh, Katie Tunstall uh, a couple of years ago, and she's mm. she's also a solo act, um, and she does you know she does looping stuff. I don't. I'm trying to remember if she did any pre programmed stuff or it was all on her guitar. I think it was all on her guitar. She um, that and vocals and. She was on a bill with Bare Naked Ladies and Better Than Ezra. And we thought, Sweet. okay, yeah, this is kind of an interesting pairing. But once she started doing the looping stuff, I think that there was a, an appreciation from the crowd where they're like, oh, like she's doing all this by herself. All right. That's kind of cool. <laughs> maybe maybe that's what it, people think consistently. Yeah. Did you like it? Yeah, I really, I, I really enjoyed it. In fact, I um. Yeah, I'm just gonna go on record. I liked her more than I liked Bare Naked Ladies that night. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I and I went to go see Better Than Ezra. That was the reason why I went to that that show. But, um, yeah. I and I would I would say, I would say with with the whole you know you doing the 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 whole band thing by yourself you're definitely eliminating the band drama element out of, <laughs> out of doing music. So kudos, kudos for you on that. Yeah. It's really nice to not ask for other people what their agenda is before I can say yes. Like right. I like love saying yes to shows like the moment I get the offer. So that's really nice. So, so do you throw some drama towards the sound guy every once in a while just to make, to make it feel as though you're, you're, you're still, you're still a musician. You still have issues, you know, that kind of deal. I have like, uh, I literally have one, uh, input for my sound and (laughs) I consistently have 
sound guys con- like coming back and being like, oh, I can't believe. Like, are you sure you don't need anything else? And I'm like, no, I just need like the one input. Thanks. And then they're just like too easy. Like they're just like almost, almost like upset at me because it's just one thing they have to do. Right. But or like yeah, I just played a festival this uh, this week and like there was an orchestra that played after me. So it's like a I don't know twenty people in the orchestra, and then I just have the one input, and it was. Yeah, the sound guy was just like, wow, I wish we could end with you tonight. And I've, I've had that a lot with sound guys being like, I wish I could just end with like the stage being clean and done. Right. <laughs> but, right. Yeah. I don't know. No, uh, no drama. Maybe I'll try to add in some sass. Just, or just, or just fight know. with the bartenders. I don't know. Do something. Yeah. Yeah. I've always, I, yeah, I hate pissing off. Um, bartenders <laughs> uh, not that i've done that often but it's, it, people just get so much crap like in the sound like dive world where i don't you just deal with so many other crappy people that i yeah i try to be a very uh not not uh aggravating human <laughs> as, as yeah. best as i can absolutely absolutely all right. Well, let's get back to the actual music because I think that we've covered everything else. I had a chance to listen to some of your music over the last couple of weeks. So your song Power Walker is your most played song on Spotify, or at least what I saw. Uh, and that's from a couple of years ago. Uh, did that song make it onto a playlist? Is that why you've got some 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 good uh, good listens mm, from that? I don't know. I think people just like that song i don't i didn't understand everything i do is like independent so i don't know how it i don't think it's been on playlists but okay It's cool. Um, I had to listen from that same album. So that that comes from Fire Dove from 2017. Mm-hmm. I listened to Whose Eyes because it said in parentheses live track. And I'm like, oh, well, this is this will be a good way to hear Sarah doing her thing looping. And I think that that's that's a good introduction of the the process of of how you're 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 putting all these layers together. Is that, is that a pretty good observation? Yeah, that, yeah, that for sure. That's the whole thing is just literally me playing it live. <laughs> yeah. So how long does it take for you to figure out all of the sounds that you want to put together for, for a song? I mean, is there a lot of, I would assume there's, there's a lot of trial and error with it. There's probably, you probably have all sorts of different, sounds in your repertoire that you've you think okay well this this would sound good with this particular sound or what what's your process um i don't know it depends on how i'm feeling in the moment but i i usually jam for a while and if i i don't know if it's it's really is just like jamming with a band but 
it's nice because you just kind of get to sit back and listen to it and you're not doing anything for a while, like when you let it play. And um, if I really like it, then I'll record it somehow. But it's the process now because I have a different loop pedal. It used to be a lot harder because um, now I have like five different channel looper. So there's different channels you could have it be on you could hear each one kind of individually and break down the song whereas before it was just like i i had one and i kind of would have to like make up what i was hearing because in the moment when i'm making it up i don't think about memorizing it but um i have like a lot of different effects that are fun and i kind of become obsessed with one effect because it can really change everything like there's this one effect on my pedal that's a guitar to bass and um, I run, like, when I play my drum, I run it through that because it has a really nice tone. And I don't know. I I have, like, a formula of, like, I guess how it starts. But I don't have – that's, like, a – it's always different because sometimes I don't do anything the same. <laughs> so <laughs> I I don't know. I'm, I feel like I'm answering this question really badly. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's, it's all good. So, so how about for – um, your recent record. So we are the stars. Um, I have to tell you that I, I really love the album closer. The, what, I guess it's called night dream cloud, mm-hmm. very ethereal. And I always wanted to use that word on the podcast, but never seemed like the best time to use that word. <laughs> and I think that that song really just that, that song fits that word perfectly. Um, very cool mood piece uh, great way to, to end the record feel like that's more of an instrumental than it is uh you know a a, a vocal song am yeah. i i mean it, it's all voice but yeah there's no words yeah um, and i used to do that a lot more without like just yeah just kind of like a more of a feeling like a, yeah. i i do picture it too as like an orchestra i think doing doing an atmospheric thing i'm a i'm a huge fan of like animated films and Fantasia and just visual representation with no words, um, trying to portray like feeling. So, uh, yeah, that song, that song's mostly live as well. Like almost the whole take. Okay. Cause it's really hard to replicate that. There's just probably, there's probably like 40 loops happening at the end and like doing all 40 separate tracks the way i feel it in the moment is like totally it's it feels nice just to sing it and be like yeah that felt pretty close to what I would want to perfect because I yeah I don't I don't like 
using clicks and stuff, but I yeah. did that a lot in that album. <laughs> like, and the, and that was one of the things I was going to ask you. So I, once I listened to the record, I listened. I tr- I was trying to listen again to see how many loops there really were in some of the songs. So like like your first song on the record, "We Are the Stars," which is fun song um there's a ton going on in that song so how many loops are going on in that particular song i don't know probably like 60 at some point because if you think about like each track even though it's like like because some of the stuff is like all right well we've got a two like seven different loops just for the drum sounds because it's like a like what would be like a cymbal or a snare hit so it's like a clap or a, or the like a certain effect on top of a harmonized voice. Yeah. And usually I double track my voice for each solo track. So it's kind of like twice as much as you would picture it. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. If this, if this doesn't make any sense and you guys are getting bored, just let me know. Cause repeats and I'm always curious uh, of the, the creative process. So, so the fact that I, you know, I was listening again to some of your songs and trying to figure out, okay, so I think that's a loop. <laughs> and then I think, Oh, she just added another one. I, it, but so anyways, yeah, it happens um, really fast live. Um, I bet. Um, when I, yeah, the guy who, so my buddy Justin recorded that whole last album in his studio, okay. which I've self-recorded everything um, since that. And I don't, I don't like the editing process for myself. And I, I like to go into studios where it already kind of sounds like what I want it to like record, like live, how it would sound in the studio. But mm-hmm. it was it was nice, but it's just funny because because I'm only using my voice for pretty much everything. It's not necessary, I think, to be in a studio. Like, I could do it in a bedroom or I don't know yeah. anywhere. But it is it is nice to like have somebody else's, I guess, opinion because <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, I've just done everything um, in my own head, and then some. T- yeah, it's a lot of. It's like what you would think, like, I think DJ people or beat makers do, but I don't like the whole, I just like making the beats live, basically. Yeah. Well, I always have a lot of opinions about music, which is probably why we started this podcast. Right, Interesting. Uh, so, so I always, one of, one of my, one of my strongly voiced opinions is everyone should have an outside producer. Like, I know that you think that you're, you know yeah. what you're doing and you might have a couple records under your belt or whatever, but you always need to have that outside voice telling you, yeah, have you thought about doing it maybe this way instead? Um, just cause sometimes you just get too far into a song where you think that it's really good because you've listened to it for, you know, a lot. Hmm. And especially if you're, if you're really into the, the whole creative process. So yeah, it's good that you have, you've got some, some extra input to, um, to, to provide that, that outside voice. So that's good. Yeah. It was really, yeah. It was nice to have somebody else's telling me that they have opinions. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I will say I listened to your record after I listened to the record that you chose. And so I heard some influence of Emiliana in songs like 
take a walk or proud. And I mean that as a compliment um, because I think that there's influence there, but not necessarily, you know, whatever word you want to use the, the, the where some, some musicians heavily take their influence and kind mm. of want to end up sounding, well, we really like the struts. Therefore we sound like the struts, you know, that kind yeah. of deal. So, yeah. but there's gotta be a story behind proud. What's the what's the story behind those lyrics about uh, you know being proud that uh, what what is the lyric uh, proud that I left home proud that I got out what what what, yeah. what is the lyric again pretty much um, I'm proud of you for getting out of your house that's it and I uh, well I live in the Midwest I feel like everybody talks about the crazy weather in the winters but yeah. um, I went I lived on the road for. I was like living out of my minivan for like seven months and this oh, was, wow. uh, oh. and I was touring the whole time and this, I did a really long road trip basically to parts of Canada and then went to the East coast and then all the way down and then Florida and then New Orleans and Texas and then all the way back up the middle. Um, didn't make it over to touring the West coast cause, uh, I feel like that's a whole nother year just to think about if you would take it the pace I was taking it. But um, I just consistently heard on that whole trip with other musicians or just anybody we would talk to in a real sit down way um, that they're just getting really burnt out on people canceling on them and people not showing up to support art and um, whether it was winter or just like, cause you know, we would be in a nice hot, area too like in the Carolinas and people still have the same issue there with people not leaving their homes or getting too comfortable watching a Netflix series um which everyone does it and oh we're um, all guilty (laughs) but I basically wanted to make a super literal song about just being like hey you're I like for myself too because it's nice just to hear like I I think it's good you left your house today whether or not you like did anything with that but I usually end my sets with that song and I think people it's basically like saying a thank you for coming out to the show yeah but I definitely wrote it like because I I've heard from so many people since then um that they play that song in the morning when they like freelance artists who need to leave their home because they can work from home and how they listen to that song and that helps them so that's it's like definitely why I wrote it but it's crazy how much of a problem it is though 
like just leaving your home on a day-to-day basis when you don't need to. Well, I work from home, so there are, there's literally <laughs> two or three days a week where sometimes I may not I may not leave my house other than for my morning walk. Like I won't get in my car to go to you know, go get lunch or meet a friend. I mean, literally I will be in my house for like 3 days in a row. So Maybe I need to start playing that song a little more. I don't know. I mean, I'm not trashing on actually being in your house either, but it, yeah, it just feels really good, especially if it's nice out. Just yeah. like, just go on a walk or explore. I do at least do that. Yeah, I do. You go on little walks. I go on walks. It's it's my thing in the morning now. So is is Wayne? Wayne, do you leave your home? Yes, I I leave my home. I take long walks. Anything else that I should be asking you that maybe I've completely overlooked? I mean, I have. I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> All right. So one last question before we transition to the uh, record that you chose to revisit. So we ask all of our guests, Toto's Africa, good or bad song? What, what made you guys choose Toto's Africa? Because I don't, I don't like it. I think it's soulless and overly glossy. Do it, is a, it is a I, long story. <laughs> So, uh, I would say any, any song, even if it really aggravates you, if it really gets stuck in your head for like hours afterwards is a well-coordinated song, <laughs> even if it's like, it's like a, it's a catchy pop song. I well won't say like I don't attack, like it. <laughs> because I, and I, I often have said, I don't think it should be phrased as good or bad song because I think. Good or bad is relative. They're fine musicians. They've written other songs mm. that are, are so I don't I, I always wish he would ask it in uh, Toto's Africa. Do you like it or not? So, Wayne, I'm going to step back and um, <laughs> here you go. You be you be lead host and you ask Sarah the question how you want it to be phrased. Here you go. I'm I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm muting myself right now. Go ahead. Go. Sarah, Toto's Africa. Do you, do you like that horrible song? Oh man, I you know I guess I guess I just have to go with the yeah. If you just yeah. say like and not and like, yeah, I'm losing. I'm losing horribly. I feels like I can't win this battle, but I'm not going to stop fighting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If it's a good or bad song, I wouldn't say it's. I wouldn't say it's a good song, but that yeah, that's a tough. There's <laughs> a fine line of a. I like the song. I don't think it's a good song. Yeah. Well, that, is, that know, weird, love, is that a weird? Is that a weird answer? That, I, I, that is actually the best answer anyone has given. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so, so Sarah, tell us which record you chose to revisit for this episode. I debated this after I chose it. I was like, why did I choose this? But um, Emiliana <laughs> Torini's album, me and Ar- I think it's Armini, but I could be totally wrong pronouncing this. Um, yeah. I just think it's a, she's like an underlooked artist that no one talks about, or a lot of people just wouldn't recognize her name. So I thought it sounded like an interesting one to pull up. So, so what were some other records that you thought about after you had um, Buyer's Remorse? Um, well, you guys had it on your list that somebody's doing Kate Bush. And yes. maybe you guys don't like Kate Bush, but I, I'm a huge fan. I like, a lot of uh, she's yeah there's a lot to talk about just with her life but there's i don't know anything 
I thought about doing some world musician albums, but I I like a lot of this weird music, and um, I don't know how to even like even just now. I don't. I hate when I can't pronounce like any of their album names. Right. So I didn't want to pick something that I was just like, like I like um, certain Bollywood film scores. Thought that would oh. be funny, but I wouldn't know how to say anything or anybody's names or right. films like that it's correlated with. So I need to learn how to like talk about things I actually like <laughs> and, <laughs> and pronounce them right. But I don't. Yeah, I'm not trashing on this album whatsoever. I was just when I was actually doing more research, I was like, oh, it's like kind of hard to talk about. Her. She hasn't done that many interviews and stuff, but I really yeah. do like this album, though. Right? Yeah, I did too. Yeah, I did too. Uh, we're now over eighty episodes into this, and about, I guess, about sixty of those episodes we've had guests. This is the one that I knew nothing about. I, oh, cool. I, I think that I heard, I had heard uh, one or two of these songs because they kind of sounded familiar. Maybe they were used in a movie or a Netflix series or something, but yeah, like I, I knew nothing about her. Um, nothing against it. It's just not what I seek out, you know, Wayne. I mean, going back to some of the other episodes that we've done where like I was vaguely familiar with John Henry, vaguely familiar with Gillian Welch, vaguely familiar with John Bryan. But yeah, this is a first that I just didn't, didn't know who this was before the internet crucifies you. It's Joe Henry. What did I say? You said, did I John say John Henry. Henry? Oh, <laughs> that's what I would do. <laughs> he was a steel driving man. <laughs> I know. I subconsciously, I wanted it to be John Henry. Yeah. Uh, I feel embarrassed. <laughs> I was I was just talking to a friend today about how much I love Joe. I think Henry. we were this close to getting Joe Henry no, on the we show weren't. too. No, That's we going to ruin. I haven't even reached out to Joe Henry. I would love to have Joe Henry come on. That would oh, be absolutely amazing, amazing. All right. Well, let me give some some bio info and and Sarah. This is where you can chime in and let me know if if what I found on the internet is, is incorrect because you know how reliable the internet is. Um, so am I saying it right? Is it Emiliana? I've, I've literally asked multiple people to this. I'm like, is it Emiliana or is it Emiliana? And I, I've heard it both ways. So I don't know. Okay. I, I'm that person that just can't help you <laughs> pronounce it. Yeah. Okay. And, and I've been, known to slaughter a few names uh during the podcast so uh so she's an icelandic singer and songwriter from wiki it said that she's best known for her 2009 single jungle drum which i'm pretty sure i heard jungle drum and something um but she also performed on lord of the rings the two towers so she is the the vocal for Gollum song and I didn't know, so it said she was a member of Icelandic artist group Gus Gus. Didn't know who that was. Uh, <laughs> it said that she was nominated for Best Dance Recording Grammy Award in 2005 uh, with uh, Dan Carey. Um, and that's about it. That I mean, that's that's really all I've all I've got. Uh, this record was released on September 8th of 2008. 
And, and then this is where I'm a little unclear and hoping that maybe you guys have anything to say on this. So Wiki said that on, keep in mind, I just said that this was released in 2008, but that was released in 2008 in Europe. And it says on August 10th, 2009, it was released in the United States. And then on September 13th, 2009, it was released in the UK. And so considering that, Emiliano or uh, uh, however you pronounce her name. We're going to go with, I'm going to go with Emiliana because that's how I've been pronouncing it in my head for the last week. Um, Considering that she'd already been nominated for a Grammy, which is an American award. I find it really interesting that it took like a year for it to be released over here. Is that maybe I just don't know how the European record releases go, but I think, I thought that that was a little strange. I I had a similar thought when I was reading the dates because, but I remember actually um, watching I think one of the YouTube videos, and maybe it was two thousand nine, but I remember it was one of the singles that came out, okay. and there was a music video to it, and I remember I I was trying to find the rest of the album and I couldn't. But I maybe I don't know. I wasn't like internet savvy or anything. <laughs> but I think that she might be released those singles, like two singles first, and okay. then release the rest of the album. But yeah, there, I I tried looking that up as well, and I also was confused. Yeah, I looked at the charts, so it charted really well in Germany, and is Iceland somehow connected with germany because it it (laughs) i mean it was a it was a top 20 hit for her i mean it peaked at number 19 but you know if you're looking at other charts like i was looking at the uk chart was 96 french was 56 dutch was 94 and all like do i even care about what the dutch charts are um Sorry for the one Dutch person that listens to our podcast in the Netherlands. I know, I know, (laughs) killing us in the Netherlands. Um, I don't know, I don't know, I don't even, I don't even know where I'm going with this. (laughs) She was living in London for like 16 years or so, and I think when this album was released, she was still living in London, and uh, yeah. I think she just stayed there. So if it makes sense that I guess European areas would really l- take a liking to it, especially cause she's just singing in uh, English. Yeah. All her lyrics are in English. And she doesn't sound totally like Bjork. No. So, <laughs> so I guess the 16 years of being around the English folk rubbed off on her probably. A little bit. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Do some interviews, Emiliana, and maybe we can find out. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm always looking at Spotify because I want to see, all right, what genre would this person fit into? So I always go to like the fans also like section. Um, any surprises that fans also like? Portishead, Lamb, Goldfrap. Any, <laughs> any surprises from, from any of those? No, no, those, no, those, no, those bands. (laughs) I like that those are in correlation with this. Maybe I would be surprised, but I, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, that's how I feel. Like I, I listen to the like that 
type of mix. <laughs> but I I have to admit there was a bunch of bands in that fans also like section that I didn't know. Do you know Flunk? Mm-mm. No. L C N. Am I saying that right? E L S I A N E. I don't know. Any anyone heard of that one? Not anyone here. No. Okay. No one. Martine Martina Topley Bird. I don't know who that is. Okay. <laughs> Beth, this is a quiz. Uh, yeah. Beth Gibbon. Beth Gibbons. Yeah, I know Bailey. Beth Gibbons. Oh, good. oh, you do know Beth Gibbons. Okay. Sarah's up one nothing. <laughs> All right. I have no idea who that is. So. Could just be lying. Well, don't say that. <laughs> now your one point comes into question. Yeah, there, there you go. Um, and I had some, I had a few Portishead records back in the day. Um, I always kind of used those records as like background music because that's always kind of how I felt with, you know, the ambient music. It's always been one that's kind of soothing. It's whether you know when I want to chill, I want to read a book, I want to write. Is that kind of the proper way to consume ambient music or am I doing it wrong? <laughs> I don't think there's a wrong way to consume like any music. Okay. But uh, yeah, I, okay. So really I used to work at many different coffee shops and I worked at a few and they, you could only use Pandora playlists. And this was like bef- mm. Spotify, Spotify was still really new. This okay. was a really long time ago. And by far, Emiliana Torini, like that, just typing in her name had like a very good, perfect background track, like just over just the bands that it would be stuck with her and that. So there's a lot of like because no one would complain, and then I'd have pe- customers coming up and being like, "Who is this?" Like on, all yeah. the time. And it was like. I don't know. It's a good go-to of background music. Yeah, you just explained it. Why the, th- these bands are not in my repertoire? I don't go to coffee houses. <laughs> I don't <laughs> drink coffee, so that that would be the reason why. Um. Anyways, anything else? Do you, do you have any other background info for us other than um, she's very popular in the coffee houses? <laughs> uh, I. One of the interviews I was reading on hers, uh, she worked in a fish factory for a little bit, and that was when she was really young. And I thought that was interesting. Uh, she has a something about a fisherman's wife thing going on later. That was a tune she wrote. But um, I don't know. Iceland people fascinate me just because Iceland seems like such a wacky place. Well, I only have Bjork to go off of for Iceland. So, yeah, you're right. It's kind of a goofy place. Stop <laughs> that. Actually, uh, yeah. where where was where was that um the Netflix uh show um what's his name from uh Springsteen's band? Uh, that Do you was know Norway. what I'm talking? That was Lillehammer. That was Norway. Okay, never never mind. Here I was trying to sound educated and stuff. I've I saw Netflix. Educated on Netflix. Yeah. I got that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's it. All right, um, let's dive into the record. So as a reminder, our scoring is based on number of songs on the record. Wayne, how many songs on this record? 12. So that means our top song is going to get 12 points. Next favorite, 11 on down to lowest score of one. Let's kick this off. Here's Fireheads. I find it hard to make right 
What do you guys think? Is this a uh, is this a good way to 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 start out the the record? Oh, it is for me. I like yeah, I like this song. I I like it. I like I like that it kind of starts out with this little somber acoustic. Uh, I guess maybe it's not really an acoustic, isn't it? Acoustic guitar. That might be an electric, right? Oh, there's an electric one. I could say that's a that really cool electric riff that anchors this whole thing down. And it's also got this, there's a kind of a change in in dynamics and it goes into as this real Jimi Hendrix kind of feel to it. I just, I kept coming back to this track every, every time. It just has a great feel about it. And I usually don't, I mean, there's a lot of elements that she uses that, that I don't think I normally would like uh, for a looper. This makes this because her loops are really big because there's a single finger snap that just comes around in perfect time, but not, not too often so that it sounds hokey or anything, but there was the, it was that electric guitar riff there. It's really bluesy and it, and it really anchored this song for me. I wanted to find out what a firehead was. And I, I almost went to urban dictionary, but I backed out. <laughs> uh, good call. Stay away from urban dictionary. We've already, we've already got ourselves in trouble with some urban dictionary definitions. So yeah, stay away. The one thing that I I I wanted uh, I want to just throw out there is I feel like kind of the formula for her songs is and maybe I'm just not smart enough to realize but a lot of the lyrics they sound really cool they're very poetic but I'm I don't know what they mean for the most part like a lot of the lot of the lyrical stuff is like that sounds really cool, but I don't know what you're trying to say. Like um, the lyrics in here of "lost change and things are brave." Somewhere we got lost and can't be saved. There's hard wind blowing down our house. Once that's gone, mm, can't be found. I thought it was a complete breakup song. It's like it's when you read it or listen to it, it sounds like a total breakup end of a relation song. But I took some of those lines, and when you kind of look out. It, it has this broader human condition feel like it's not, you know, we didn't, ju- it's not just wasted time. We just used it up or, um, and there was a line in there about I, what hurts me hurts you. So I love that when it has it, when you look at it close, it kind of feels like the end of the relationship we're breaking up. But if you kind of pan out, it has this bigger, like a human condition feel to it. Um, Something kind of random about this. I, I have one of the very, few interviews that were out there is I'm pretty sure she was getting um, stalked by somebody like some aggressive like stalker and that's like part of what this album and like the main title track I think has to do with like this like uncomfortableness and I I like what Wayne was saying about yeah I felt that way too like a kind of like breakup but I think it's also like in a way relevant to weird tension and being uncomfortable, (laughs) 
But that's also maybe just because I heard that interview and I was like, oh, that actually kind of could work. Mm. Okay. That totally redefines this song for me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Maybe too soon. Well, that's kind of like uh, uh, I always love Sarah McLaughlin's Possession. Mm. And that song is also about a stalker. In fact, she even uses some uh, some of the lines from her stalker's love notes. In, oh, weird. Yeah, in the in yeah, in the lyrics. Anyways, that <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. Uh, all right. Um did I mention that I'm tired? <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, let's get some scores on this. Wayne? This was my favorite song. I kept coming back to it. Her vocals in it are really cool, and they're almost like spoken. But like I say, I think ultimately it was that that really, really cool bluesy guitar riff that anchors the song. Yeah. And then, Sarah, your score? I put this at 10. Cool. So and then three is yeah. that how that works yeah that's how it works okay. that's it and this is my nine so uh, overall we we like this song good good opener all right next song and i'm probably going to slaughter this this name is it me and armini 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 me me and that one person consistency is the key yeah whatever you decide okay. we're going to call it that's what we should call it we're going to go with Armini then. How's that? <laughs> Fanatic. There we go. That's the best way to go. This was the first single lifted off of the record. Um, according to Wiki, the song is a live favorite on the tour supporting the Me and Armini album. And it was also featured during the uh, Emporia Armani Men's Collection Spring Summer 2010 fashion show. And I don't even know why I'm bringing that up because it has zero relevance for the rest of the our conversation. So... So who in the world is this Armini character? Uh, I think it's uh, her boyfriend, which I think he's married. Towards the end of the song, it becomes apparent that, or it feels like it becomes apparent that she's the other woman. Mm. Okay. And so why do you name your record after this song? You know, it does, I I, I ask myself that too, but it kind of has a, a title track feel. It seems important. There's a lot of cool, once again, I usually don't like stuff that gets too cluttered, but she's able to manage them all really well. Like it has this great offbeat reggae strum on the guitar. And then mm-hmm. she uses these weird computer generated sound effects, but she, like I say, she doesn't pull them too close together so that they're, they're spaced out and it gives it this bigger, this bigger feel. Um, and then she, her vocals in it, they're just super, they're like really like smoldering in the, in the, and then they get almost giddy towards the chorus. Like she's excited to, 
you know, hear them on the phone or whatever the case is. Yeah. So, so with that laser sound effect, so what came first, this song or no doubts, hella good. Oh, hella good was way before this. Okay. Cause that laser- they didn't invent that either. I mean, uh, no, I'm just, I'm just saying it just, it, as soon as I heard that the, the first time I was like, I wanted to start singing hella good. So, well, and it's also, I don't want to, I almost forgot. I looked at my notes here, but there's a really cool bass, like a really fast bass riff that goes along yeah. in this whole mix. It just has a lot of cool elements that sometimes if you don't do it right, can get busy and, and be distracting. And I thought they were well, well placed. Yeah. What do you got on this, Sarah? Uh, I totally agree. I So I put this in the middle rating wise, but I really like this song still. Um, I don't know. I I did hear uh that the picture of the like album is just her portrait and it's kind of like a stoic face, almost like almost like a prison photo. Um, and she, I think she only chose this as a title of the album because of the correlation. She just liked that photo and thought it worked well. And I totally okay. think it works really well too. Like the idea of her like kind of non-complacent mood in the photo and then this song that's cool i like it all right let's get some scores on this sarah what you got i put it at six and then this is my 10 and wayne nine okay next song is birds Sarah, so get us started on this because uh, I think you like this song a little more than we, <laughs> we did. Uh, yeah, I just, I think I just like the flow of this whole song. I think the melody is really, really pretty. I, I definitely have come back to listening to this song a lot. I don't know exactly why. I just, yeah, it's just a very comfortable song for me. It, maybe that's really vague and I should elaborate more, but <laughs> no. we do this all the time. So we have a lot of practice. Uh, but no, I, as far as poetic, I think it's extremely poetic. That whole vision with the, with the leaves uh, plotting, uh, it, it is really poetic. And like I say, I like how it starts out super simple where it's just two acoustic guitars and it's talking about the new day and how it starts. And then it, somewhere around the middle, it gets they add in like the guitars turn electric and they add in a snare and a little bit of piano. And it creates mm-hmm. this this kind of ominous, you know, darker feeling. And then it then she she basically goes into the last verse about where it turns night and where the whole thing starts over again. I wish I could have given this a much higher score than I did. Yeah, you guys like this more than I did. <laughs> I. <laughs> 
the so the song is like six and a half minutes long and, and I wasn't paying attention to time frames like the first few times I listened to the record because I always thought all right when the bird sound effects come in around three minutes or so I thought the song was over and then like the last section of the song is a little more upbeat and I thought it was a second song and it wasn't until like I'm actually paying attention to 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 the song on how long it is um so it, it, that just kind of off put me a little bit um mm. not that I, I not that I hate this song um but this is also one of those songs where um it's going to be really hard for me to find a really good sound bite to put into th- the the episode um as the quote unquote sound clip because um yeah this is definitely one of those songs that i would recommend people listen to the whole thing and they can kind of make up their own opinion and just know that it's a six minute song and it's not two songs <laughs> separated like i did the first t- couple times that i listened to it so I don't know. I didn't. I didn't like this as much as you guys did. I gave it a three, but it it's not one that I dislike, even though my score seems to reflect that. So, Wayne, what you got? I gave it a seven. I didn't. I wouldn't have. If you had asked me how long the song is, I would have. I probably would have said four minutes. I didn't. It doesn't play long. And I say I do like the way it goes from being simple to being more complex, especially with the kind of the 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 nature, the theme of the song. Wow, look at me being the, the, the picky person on time and not you. So that role reversal. You, if you do it right, you know, you'll you amaze people. But it's when you I think you I ran think it's, like Neil Young for eleven and a half minutes. Well, I think it's because you just came back from vacation and you're probably in a good mood. So I think that that had something to do with that. Um all right, Sarah, what's your score on this? This is a eleven for me. Okay. All right. Uh, next song heard it all before brought up the Bjork name earlier. I think this is the first song that I feel is more like a Bjork song. Hmm. Um, it, it, it sounds, I can tell, I can tell her accent a little more in this song. I couldn't, I couldn't pick up on it on the first couple, couple songs. Um, and going back to me, not understanding the lyrics, I'm super confused by the lyrics for this one. Um, Anyone want to psychoanalyze it or do we want to oh, take that time? She's cheating on him but, and she's done it before. But at the end of the song, he's right there knocking on her door. So he's going to come back either way. Can't help right. himself. It's like a, which is cool because there's this, it does have a really siren song kind of feel to it. Like in the way she's, she sings it. The one thing, and I, I rated it low. I liked it in a lot of ways, uh, but there's this, 
apathetic and off time hand clapping that if I, I, if I, that's where you, you wanted the producer to say, Hey, how about we get rid of these hand claps? They're distracting. and annoying. <laughs> uh, you're so fixated on hand claps. It's not even fun. Oh, sometimes it's great. And then sometimes it's, not like they don't they're not like excited hand claps they're like they're like how you clap at something when you don't like it but you don't want to be a dick and and at some points it just see it doesn't even seem like it's in time with the music so it's no hollow notes private eyes hand clapping is what you're saying well which is the pinnacle of hand clapping yes that is that is the pinnacle absolutely uh sarah how about you why did you score this so low is it because you feel like you've heard this song before <laughs> See what I did there? Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Um, I actually, I do like this song. I think maybe the rate I gave it was a little bit low, but I think, yeah, it's, I'm aware of uh, the song going on, I think. And I don't, yeah, when you're, when you really like a song, it kind of just goes and you don't think about it ending, but I definitely do think about this. That's the only one I'm like, hi. I'm still listening to it. It's not a consistent song for me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's get some scores. So, Sarah? I gave it a two. And then Wayne? I gave it a six. And I give this a four. And then the next song is Ha Ha. Oh, that drink went down smoothly Just like the one And I wasn't sure how to introduce this. Do I do I say it ha ha or do I say ha ha? I mean, how would you how would you introduce this, Wayne? I would have said ha ha. Just real, okay. just act like you know it. Just sell it. Just just, just own it. Okay. All right. Like and everyone else is wrong. Yeah. Something tells me that she's really not laughing though. No. Based based <laughs> off of this song. I love I love good lines and I feel like anger steaming up your glasses. <laughs> Such a good line. Mm-hmm. Love that line. Um, yeah. Um, what do you guys have to say about ha ha? I, I, it has a, like a sinister feel to it and uh, which I is cool, but there's, I think the thing I didn't like most is earlier in one of the songs, you can hear the finger like scratch along, rub along the, the coiled strings on the top of the guitar and it sounded cool. And this time it happens too much. And it's, mm. I, it, it just, it just, I noticed it too much. Okay. About you, Sarah, anything on this? Lyrically, I think it's pretty cool. I don't know. A lot of people, I think uh, having saying ha ha in a song is like hard <laughs> to portray yeah. and through singing. And I think she actually does that it does it really, really well without it being like an obnoxious thing you're hearing. I like the melody. 
I think it's a good construct of a song. I don't have any like super strong opinions about what. Yeah, I also rated this low. So, so what was your score? It's a three. All right, and Wayne, a five. And I'm matching your five. Leads us to big jumps. I love you. Always know the way. The way back home always is the same. Oh, make some big jumps, big jumps. You afraid to break some bones? Come on, make some big jumps, big jumps. Life is yours alone. Keep for winding up my heart Brick, brack, if you don't wind me up This guy will lie upon me like a passed out drunk Without you I would never rise again Without you I would never rise And collectively we like this song This is uh, this was the second single um, However, song didn't chart Second time listening to this song I wrote this feels like a cardigan song, and I mean that as a compliment. It's not Love Fool, but it feels like a cardigan song. <laughs> I heard KT Tunstall, which was funny that you brought her up early because yeah, uh, this is this exact this is because she her voice, and I don't mean this in any kind of knock. It's not terribly unique. Like it sounds like a lot of people. It doesn't sound exactly like anybody. But when I heard this song, I could just hear KT Tunstall. Okay. Well, I, my next note was the third time listening to this record, I wrote, this feels like a Regina Spector song. Hmm. I do like Regina Spector. Gotta admit. Yeah. We, oh, everybody here does then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we did, we did a, we did an episode on Regina. So yeah, we're, we're fans. Yeah. Big jumps. Uh, she has this really adorable, like music video that came out with this. It has like, all this really cute art and snails and her foot, like very literal interpretations of the lyrics through the video. And I remember seeing this really soon after the song came out and um, being really obsessed with that, the video and just the song for a really, really long time. Yeah. Um, and I also, I really like the, the visual and the video. She has a moment which never really registered to me at the time, but she's laying outside and there's like a body laying on her and there's clouds like animated on the body. But it's <laughs> the, the lyrics are uh, the sky will lay upon me like a passed out drunk. Oh, um, okay. And I didn't, I was like, Oh, it's literally a man laying on her and it's this, like, <laughs> it's a sky like that's drunk. And I don't know. I thought that it kind of cracked me up cause it's not a, I don't know. I just think it's a fun song. Yeah, yeah, it is a, it's super, it is a fun song. It's very catchy. It has a big pop feel to it. Um, usually, you can if you do the doot to doot to doots, you can you can sometimes get hammy and cheesy. But she actually pulled it off. I really this was one that you just can't help but start nodding your head to the music when it comes on. Yeah, and it's a good message. Uh, you know, with the with the chorus of. You know, come on and do some big jumps. Life is yours alone. You hold your head up, your head up high, like you think I do. Bigger go home. That's it. So, <laughs> yeah. Life is all about the big jumps, right? What we do with those big jumps. So, <laughs> yeah, it's good. I like it. 
Uh, this is my 11. Wayne? 10. And then Sarah? 12. Definitely listened to this the most out of all of them. Yeah, good. All right. Leads us to Jungle Drum. Man, you got me burning. I'm the moment between the striking and the fire. I, I love Wikipedia so much sometimes for, for stuff like this. Somebody even wrote down, the song's title is often mistakenly mentioned as Jungle Drums. <laughs> so don't get that wrong, guys. It's Jungle Drum. We can mispronounce Emiliana's name, but we're not going to get this title wrong. It's Jungle Drum. All right. You guys got that? Jungle Drum, not plural. We don't plural. have a lot to say about this. And nothing says we don't have a lot to say about this song other than we're going to, there's not an S at the end of it. I want to make sure everybody knows. <laughs> uh, singles chart. So here you go. German singles chart number one, Icelandic singles chart number one. Um, and I don't know why Wikipedia listed all these other. Do I need to know again the Dutch mega top 100 peaked at number 57? So again, I don't know what the Dutch people are thinking. Um, Dutch people, no. they got, they want to know things too. Yeah. All right. Uh, what, what, what do you guys have to say about uh, Jungle Drum? I thought it was a great up It's a really fun song. I mean, I, I like. The only I only have one criticism of this song, and it's if you're going to verbalize jungle drums instead of actually playing jungle drums, then you've got to bring you got to step up your game. You got to do some work. This the duka 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 duke 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 thing she does, <laughs> terrible. Like how was that? How was that again, Wayne? Uh, you're gonna have no. I'm not gonna try it again. I wrote it okay. down, and I'm not sure that's exactly how I wrote it down. Okay, but all right. Yeah, either play jungle drums instead of saying it or do some put the work in. Sarah, uh, Sarah did you want to help him with that? <laughs> no, I totally uh I this so when this came out, I liked it. Like it was probably one of my favorite songs of all time. And um I am now like I you you basically just said what I feel now. It's just, it's like with some of Regina Spector's old songs. It's just like, I like, I like it's quirky and stuff, but I like, now I would never choose that artistically. And I don't, it doesn't hit me the same way when I was younger. So yeah, I think, I feel like the actual, like, yeah, if I think about what a drum dance tune would be like, yeah, and they're know. playing in the background. She has jungle drums in this song. Like, yeah. Turn everything off and just highlight them right there in that spot. Yeah, but yeah, her singing that too is like well, really one of the main reasons I put it so much lower. It's just harder for me to like really get into it now. So how many times have you listened to the song? <laughs> A lot though. <laughs> okay. All right. Because no, it's, it's still, still like fresh. It. Yeah, it's still fresh for Wayne and I. So I'm just wondering at what point will the novelty of that uh, wear off a little bit. So. 
Yeah, this one's all about the spirit of the, it's like I cut yeah. her. I, I cut her a pass for for make for for a decision that once again somebody should somebody could have said, "Hey, I got an idea. Why don't we just play some jungle drums right here?" But it's the spirit of the song. She's in love. I mean, that's the opening. The opening line is, "Hey, I'm in love," and then she sells it from then on. You can you you can you can hear it in her voice. Yeah, yeah. Part of why I like it. I, I like the up tempo ness of the of this song so all right let's get sarah's um cantankerous score out of the way here <laughs> go ahead get sarah four all right wayne eight and this is my eight all right do you guys and chart together no <laughs> not usually no, in fact, uh, I try not to have the same score as Wayne. It's just, uh, yeah. He is this, was, successful. this was like new for both of you guys, right? Because yes. neither of you Absolutely. had to listen to it. So yeah. that's kind of cool because yeah, I've been listening to this for this album for like too long. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I don't know. It's just interesting. Yeah. All right. Next song, Hold Heart. So Sarah, get us started on this one. I I really like this tune. I think it's another, like, it's a very poetic song that you can interpret in a lot of different ways. Um, I like her phrasing of her, like, her breathing between when she, she kind of waits you on the words, mm, which I like. Yeah. And there's nothing that's just, like, everything. I like when things just kind of blend together and I don't know. A lot of those words, she just rides on them while she's singing them. And I, I like that. Like she says, no tears, don't you come out. And I think reading it is just so much different than the way she sings it. And I, she feels sad in it. So that's yeah. good. Yeah. Is that a flamenco guitar at the beginning or is it just a normal acoustic played like a flamenco? You mean flamingo style or like? Yeah. Yeah. It's a very Spanish guitar feel to it. I thought it, I mean, it sounds like a classical, like a nylon string guitar. So Mm -hmm. I don't know about a, well, maybe. Yeah. Just curious. You guys okay with the sequencing going from a, a up tempo jungle drum to the, to this? That's what I have written down. Cause I think that my biggest, cause I don't have anything bad to say. I, I enjoyed this song, but I think I, once again, I feels like the bottom drops out you're you're way up on this one song and then it, it just they pull the floor drops out yeah i thought it was interesting interesting sequencing it i i, I kind of like this song uh, maybe my score doesn't completely reflect that but yeah i thought it was interesting sequencing going from this uh you know jungle drum to 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 this song so um anything else should we get some scores Wayne, what you got? I gave it a four. I think it's a lot of it is about placement. That's its biggest okay. flaw. So if it was right behind Ha Ha. Or even if it was moved, you know, further on at the end, because I, I thought 
the record in general, he didn't finish super strong. So I think this song, if, if it was moved back in, in amongst those other songs, I might've, it probably would have gotten a higher score. I could have yeah. easily switched it with heard it all before. Yeah. Okay. Sarah, your score. Uh, eight. And this is my six brings us up to gun. <laughs> back to the whole sequencing thing i feel like going from hold hard to gun i feel like was good sequencing mm-hmm. and i gotta tell you i love this song uh, <laughs> that guitar hook is hypnotic i feel like the lyrics are sensual dark and mysterious has this song like been used in like tarantino movies or anything like that because i could totally i could totally see it in in one of those dark like crime type uh type type of movies but it should have been oh so good so and this is another one of those songs where i say you know it's hard to get a really good sound bite for the podcast um so seriously for the listeners go go do yourself a favor and listen to the whole thing because the whole song is great so this is my this is my top score i I love this song what do you guys have to say about gun Oh, I absolutely love this song. Uh, the way it starts, it, it right off the bat, it creates this really, I mean, this atmospheric feeling. It literally, like, it's dark and shadowy. It feels like it's, like, lightly raining. It, it's amazing how it, it starts to paint this picture from the right, from the beginning. And like you said, the word I used to describe that that guitar riff was spectacular. That 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 holds this whole thing together. The concept, I've never heard anybody write a song from the point of view of the gun. It was, it just, the whole, it just blew me away. I, not, no pun intended. It, it, I was absolutely knocked on, knocked on my ass. Yeah. Yeah. I love this guitar riff so much. <laughs> I've, yeah. And I, I also like her reflection of the, her just saying, she's not saying ha like she is in the other song, obviously, but her voice kind of like to be the bullet like a quick thing i just have never heard it it's just done well it's not obnoxious whatsoever i think it's really well done yeah yeah it's great look me in the barrel and tell me that you love me the smoothest thing to touch your skin yeah this is a kiss that i swear will blow your mind yeah (laughs) literally um all right any uh, any any more gushing on on gun cuz uh <laughs> man I, I i dig this song a lot yeah the just the whole story it paints this whole descent it's like a spiral you know this this gun talking this guy into it i mean going through his whole history right up to the i mean this you know his kids holding each other like you would if somebody just got murdered in the same room as you uh, 
<laughs> if I had, and if I and I hate, uh, it just feels so douchey when I criticize somebody who writes something. The way they ended it was the only thing that I thought could have been done better. Like it ends abruptly, but it 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 kind of stumbles to that end. I think right after the, you know, the last line about the kiss that'll blow, you know, blow your mind. I think it should have just ended just as mm. like just like if a bullet just went through the back of your head. No, I like I like the the chaos at the end. I feel like that that solidifies it for me because there's always I don't know that 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 the violence is the chaos at the end of uh All right. Well, you can't you have to admit that the fire roasting fire that's not her that's not like that's not no, her okay. topic work. Yeah, I know. <laughs> she, I she missed on that one line. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's get some scores. I already told you this is my top. Wayne. 11. This is and then nine. Sarah. Oh, yeah. nine. <laughs> Sorry. There you go. All right. Next song is Beggar's Prayer. And the white-shouldered mountains, they pointed above. Lord, you just dropped me here by the side of this road. Out here's too cold, and I don't want to walk it alone. I got a bottle of your blood inside me. And an old beggar's prayer on the tip of my toe. This is going to be another song that I have more questions about the lyrics than I have answers for. But I I like him. Again, I feel like it's it's poetic. Um, but I just I I don't know what this song is about. I couldn't get a full grasp on it at first. Like first, when it references her mother and there's some kind of abandonment lines, I thought maybe it was about her father, which makes the uh, bottle full of, you know, I have a bottle of your blood inside me, which that makes it really cool because then it's almost like a non-clinical, I have your blood inside me, but it's but it's not mixed with the other things, which I thought was great. But then I read the lyrics and listening to it, it definitely seems like, I feel like he left her he left her pregnant because then that makes, cause I really do think the bottle full of your blood inside me is like a critical line. And it mm-hmm. feels like, like he got her pregnant and left her and her mom's telling her, you know, it's going to, you're going to move. It'll be okay. One day you don't know it, but some, you know, quit crying into your hands. It's going to be all right. So it definitely, after reading the lyrics, it had much more of a, a, a man, woman, not father, daughter. Okay. But that to me, that bottle of blood thing was like genius. That was Really cool. Seems like something really bad happened to her and that she's kind of crying out for her mom. That's what I feel like it is. But I, I, the interpretation could be really, really dark and like, or it could just be because it's called beggar's prayer. It's just like, I picture like, on you know, she's on the street, like kind of, I don't know, maybe like somebody who's homeless, but I think it could just be interpreted in so many different ways. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's why I'm like, I don't have any answers for this. Um, I like the spooky choral part towards the end of the, the, the song. Um, again, kind of go, goes back to what I was saying about invoking moods through the, through the music. Um, yeah, I, I, I like this song. Um, but I just, I would really love, 
her to do an interview so that she could explain <laughs> what the hell it actually means because I have no idea. Um, all right. Anything else on Beggar's Prayer before I get some scores? Okay. The silence is deafening. Wayne. <laughs> I gave it a three. I thought it starts out really interesting and it has a lot of, it just didn't seem to go anywhere where I was. I, I really had, it's like I had high expectations for it and it just didn't get me where I was looking to go. And I think it's the, some of those unanswered questions. Cause I do agree with Sarah. I think there is, there are some connotations in it that are like almost uncomfortable if you were, you know, if you, if you looked at him too strongly or if she, maybe if she'd given us more of an idea of what happened, it might, it might be very uncomfortable to hear. Hmm. Okay. Sarah, what's your score? Gave it a seven. Okay. Not matching that. That leads us to dead duck. get this song at all um uh musically at the beginning i thought i'd dig it because it sounded really good through my speakers the first time i was listening to the record and um but it's just indecipherable lyrics through the whole thing and i just don't i don't i don't know what do you guys have on this i couldn't agree with you more i thought this to me was what like what she did so brilliantly with all of these, all these different elements and where she can use electronic noises as well as, you know, finger snaps and just all these different things and make them not get, you know, to where they're falling on top of each other and getting busy and cluttered. (laughs) She absolutely didn't do any of that here. And it was, there was droning and repetitive lyrics and it, it lost me and it, I never, I never enjoyed it. Yeah, it's so going back to the repetitive lyrics. So it's the same lyrics from the first verse basically throughout the entire song, correct? Mm, yeah. And I would think that that would be that would be the formula for one of the shorter songs on the record. Nope, this is one of the longest at five and a half minutes, <laughs> and it definitely felt like a five and a half minute song. Yeah. It's my only criticism, biggest criticism of of this record is this song. So, yeah, I felt like it was a kind of odd one out, but at the same time, I I think I because it's I I don't really care for this song, but because I think of how much I don't care for it, it makes me like all of the other songs a lot more. <laughs> like if you if you're to think of it at a whole album, like if this is the weakest song, it's not like there's still elements of it that I kind of enjoy because it's so weird to listen to. And it's like almost risky, but yeah, yeah. I, I, mostly I'm uncomfortable listening to it. And I definitely, it feels like it really drags on. This is the downside of where the music industry now is with everything digital. Cause this would have been a B side. 
Hmm. Yeah. It because it does it just doesn't belong on the record. Um, that's my opinion. All right, this is my one, Wayne. One. It's also my one. Yeah, we're all in agreement for that. And believe it or not, we're only in agreement on one song for the entire our entire episode, and this would be Dead Duck. All right, let's wrap this up. It's the last song. This is Bleeder. Humble as a sure how I feel about this as a closer. Part of me, I guess, is okay with finishing with the somber song, but and the other part of me is like, really? You're going to make me all depressed, and um, this is how we're going to finish? Sarah, you already said how you try and, and um, finish your sets with a more up-tempo song, so that's that's good. Do you ever end your sets with a somber song where people are like, oh man, she's depressing? May <laughs> don't try to, but yeah, I think I probably have. I don't have that many depressing lyrics, but um, yeah. I still like Bleeder, though. I don't know. I wouldn't say it's like maybe it's just because I think it's such a pretty song. It kind of contradicts what she's actually singing about, but I don't know. There's, I mean, there's some cool lines in it. I just don't, again, kind of goes back to my conversation about they sound poetic, but I just don't know what they mean. Like, I like the naked trees. They dress in crows, greet the horses coming near through the rains that bring you down. Like, it all sounds cool, but I don't know what any of it means. Anybody want to interpret Maybe it. Maybe if you translate this into Icelandic, it would make more sense. I didn't. I didn't gain anything from the lyrics. Okay. Um, I did. Like I say, it's very ethereal. The strings kind of add to that. And as far as where I would put this, it it absolutely kind of works as a closing credit type of kind of float off uh, piece. But it, it and it, this is the one that made me think of how much I enjoyed everything else and how much how much every most of everything else was so much fun that this just, it kind of, it's not that it's bad. It just, it's highlighted by how different it is from the rest of it. Did you just use my word? I know. And I didn't want to say anything earlier. Like I use ethereal all the time. So I, I, you had your moment. (laughs) I didn't want to crap. I appreciate that. You didn't step on my moment. I appreciate that. Thanks buddy. All right. Um, Should we get some scores? Anything else we want to talk about with bleeder? No, just overall. I think if, I came from like a different country and then learned English. I wonder how I would write lyrics. Like yeah. I thought of, I've thought about that, like uh, having English be your second language and how I think I appreciate sentence structures of people who aren't. Cause I think, uh, you don't know, it's, it's hard to write good lyrics sometimes. And sure. like something like 
the bleeder song, it's like, well, I would have never ever put those words <laughs> by each other, but I just think it just sounds so cool being sang out loud, and maybe that's why, or I don't know. Yes, yeah. just a lot of some of these tunes that I have questions about. I still like, like none of these. I don't dislike any of these songs. So, but yeah. Well, maybe Dead Duck. Okay. Okay. Dead Duck. I, we all agree Dead Duck is, yeah, that's that's the only one. All right. This is my two. Wayne. This is also my two. And then Sarah. This is my five. All right. Um, this is where I usually ask, did we, did we cover everything? Did we miss anything? Did we miss anything on this record? I don't feel like we did. Sarah, you pick you pick the record, so we're gonna let you have the last word. Did we miss anything here? No, it was fun. It's really fun to hear people talking. Like I, I love that you guys listened and actually like dove into Emiliana Torini. It's pretty sweet to expose you guys in some way because this is probably not the normal listens that you would get into. So yeah, it was very, like I say, I agree. I appreciated the uh, opportunity because I, I mean, I had never heard her name before. So, and this is a very, I was very impressed. I had a good time listening to this. Yep. Me too. Yeah. I appreciate you exposing us to, uh, to some new stuff. So thank you. (laughs) Thank you. All right. Uh, Well, let's figure out our top five. So any, any surprises on number one? Fireheads, right? No, that's number three. That's oh. your number one. That's your number one. Big jumps. Big jumps. That was our uh, average score of 11 based off of Sarah's high score, my second. That's right. Yeah. Uh, num- number two. What do you think number two is? Gun. Gun. Probably gun. Yeah. 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 Fireheads is number three. Average score of 10.33. We've got me and Armini uh, at a 8.33 average score. So that's our number four. And then number five is birds, believe it or not. Um, that's because of Sarah's, Sarah's score. I tried to I tank could, it. I tried to tank I, it. I could switch it, though. I mean, I really <laughs> not connected to my hate, my hate ones on this one. There I don't you. hate them money. Yeah. Uh, jungle drum. So Jungle Drum uh, just missed out on our top five, and that was because Sarah's heard it way too much. So, <laughs> so there you go. Uh, that's a pretty solid five, though, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's solid. All right, Sarah. This has been fun. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for revisiting with oh, us. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. So, to remind our listeners where they can find everything about the nunnery. Um, I don't know. Where do you Where do you want to go? You want to go on YouTube? Do a visual thing. I got a lot of music. If you If you couldn't tell, I like music videos and visuals and stuff. I think it's really important with yeah. what I do. Uh, I'm on Spotify and all the places you can find music. And your website. How do you pitch? How do you pitch yourself? I think it's just um, the nunnery dot com. So it's not get get thee to the nunnery dot com. No. It's the nunnery. It's the nunnery music dot com. Okay. I just had to start typing it in to really double check myself. <laughs> <laughs> somebody, I think somebody tried to sell me the nunnery dot com, but uh, I'm yeah. 
We're I've good. had a lot of questions on it, but yeah. Yeah. So where, where does the name come from? I guess I should have asked you that earlier. No, I, I thought it was cool. You didn't, but now we're there. <laughs> <It's fine>. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's like just a common question. Um, my roommate named the, like the project and, um, that was very early on. I just, I really don't like picking band names. Yeah. I think a lot of people go through it and I was worrisome that it would give connotation to people who have been grown, like grown up Catholic or something and they're not Catholic anymore or something, but it's been, I don't know. It's just consistent. I think with voices coming together and what it represents as like a safe space. I don't know. Hopefully I represent that in the music. Yeah. Cool. So I shouldn't have asked you that. Is that what you're telling me? No, I was just like, I, I just thought it was cool because that's usually like people's first question. Like, well, why do you call yourself this? Yeah, I figured somebody had already asked you that. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. we, we try and go a little less, less, uh, less familiar. So it's apparent. All right. Well, this is last question. And uh, considering that you were a referral from, from Siri. So uh, who do you know that I don't know who'd want to join us on this podcast to revisit one of their favorite records? Oh, man, so many people. I don't even, even like the t-shirt, going back to that that I'm wearing, they would be down, the Stoliet. Okay. Um, I can't picture anyone like being not into dissecting and chatting about music. So <laughs> you, you would be surprised. I found out, uh, I found out a couple, couple nights ago that, uh, one of my favorite acts, Noah Gunderson, uh, he said, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a music nerd. So I love Noah Gunderson. Uh, I, do a fan for a while. I do too. A lot of cigarette, right? Didn't he do the cigarette uh, song? So good. I don't actually like the remake of that song. Who, who like remade a, it? Somebody made it into like some kind of like beat track like no. that you could dance to and i'm just i it think it's like gotten almost more traction than the original and i yeah i don't really like talking about <laughs> dissecting things yeah <laughs> yeah i really like him yeah. um yeah and that doesn't surprise me that he wouldn't actually be into chatting yeah because i i tried to get him on early last year and got turned down by management and then when he put out his last record i was like uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna try again and got turned down again so i was like all right uh -huh. i'm gonna see him live so i'm gonna go talk to him afterwards and um so we chatted and he's like and i told him you know who who i was and that I've been trying to get him on. He's like, yeah, I don't really talk too much about music. And I said, you're not a music nerd. He's like, I'm really not. And I was like, Oh, but it's oh well, probably only partly true. Yeah. I don't he probably know. just doesn't want to talk to me. I probably came across <laughs> creepy or something. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, um, you should hit up half gringa from Chicago. She's great. Okay. All right. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll chat offline then. That's yeah. good. You give, give giving us some good referrals. Let's let's do this. All right, let's wrap this up. So, as a reminder, you can find all of our happenings on the Records Revisited Podcast dot com. That'll take you to all of our episodes. You can find all of our happenings on our Facebook page. We're on Instagram at Records Revisited Podcast at Twitter. 
um, at Podcast Records, and you can find all of our episodes, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Stitcher, iHeartMedia, Spotify, etc., etc. On all those platforms, please go subscribe and rate or review us. So thanks for listening. Please go support the arts. Go to a live show, buy a t-shirt of the band, buy a record, visit a record store, and not just on Record Store Day. We are Records Revisited, and we are... Out. <laughs> Perfect. That was pretty good. That was actually really good. That was one of the better I, ones. I came in early. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> <laughs>